your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The infectiousness carried over the airwaves. Uh, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, the improving Chris Maselli. And with me, as always, is uh, the beginning of his sickness, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Uh, you don't have the same thing I did, but still, it's affecting you, you know, in, in the same way. All in the, from the neck up, basically, right? <laughs> the worst part of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll get through it. I mean, this is the time of the uh, the year where allergies and everything kick up especially in the part of the country that we live in so mm-hmm. uh it's better to get this out of the way now before the playoffs come i know right. that has nothing to do with the team whatsoever but for us we got to be in top shape yep for for the playoffs so uh let's get this sickness done with and uh you know about less than a month away we'll be uh tip top shape and for the rest of the year we'll be fine of course. No yeah, we'll be good. All right. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe. Get notified when a new show goes live. All right. We got two games to talk about. Avs do a back-to-back in Winnipeg and then in Edmonton, they win both of them in pretty dramatic fashion. But well, one they win in overtime, the other goes to overtime and then to a shootout. We'll start with Edmonton because that was the most recent game. Uh, and and after that game was over, I, you've been saying it all year about this Avalanche team. It's just they find ways to win. And I, I like, I don't know, man. Like I, that that wasn't the best played game by them a lot of it was Edmonton you have to give them some credit uh but again they win and a game maybe that they had no business winning but you kind of just get the feeling that this you know games are never over it's a one to nothing game in favor of Edmonton and you know that okay if there's time left all this team needs to do is just keep playing their game they don't. They don't change their style of play. Maybe the the, the defensemen engage a little bit more if you're down because you have to do that. But all they need is just one bounce to go their way, and that's what happened. And Nathan McKinnon, you know, uh, backhand roofed it. Was beautiful. And, and you know, we'll get into the whole game. But is this like a bad thing that the Avalanche are winning these games all the time because you're just expecting them to win everything all the time now. And when they do lose, you're like, what the heck, guys? Why are you losing a game? Yeah, it's honestly, when the Avalanche social media team came up with the find a way hashtag, who knew how Brilliant. appropriate it would be? Um, I'm glad it's this and so we don't have to do the radioactive uh, music video again. My God. Um, <laughs> but no, especially like with the performance of Nathan McKinnon and Darcy Kemper. Um, we'll, we'll definitely talk about him. It's, it's what you want to see. Usually overtime and shootouts are something Avalanche fans are kind of scared of, but we're winning in that medium, which is a big thing. Mm. And those tight games, like the first two periods of that Edmonton game, nothing happened. No, I mean you had some like you had some posts it 
you know, you did. You, <laughs> Some. You had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 37. Uh, and you had... Yeah, you. Some is a kind of an understatement when it comes to post. I think those pucks in Edmonton are a little bit magnetic, because my goodness, they were ringing off the post. Like it was, it was embarrassing. It's only, it only, it's only fitting. Tyson Berry plays there. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, you had that, and you had Nico Sturm had a a breakaway, Mm -hmm. which just you know he's not the most. uh, I don't. he doesn't. He doesn't have all this the 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 skill to kind of really. Fake he's not it. graceful. We didn't pick him up go. for grace. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, he's he's a pro. But I mean, mm-hmm. and he had a good chance at it. Just couldn't couldn't get it past him. And and overall, like they had opportunities, but it was. I've gone from all right, you know, this is just going to be a loss to no, like I, I will. I'm going to watch this game till it says triple zeros because this team has the capability to come back and that was you know a, a a perfect example of you know this team really never give and why would you it's only one to nothing you know that, that's exactly. not, it's not like you were down like four to one and then, then it's a different story but you know you you know that they're gonna be getting opportunities and yes darcy kemper was a madman a absolute madman in that game and I talked to Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning, and I and I told him I was like, when we like kind of right around now and heading into the playoffs, you always look at those teams, and this is true for players too. You always look at those teams that start the season hot, mm-hmm. and if they you know they just go off to the races right in the beginning of the season, and then maybe they come back down to earth, and maybe they're struggling heading into the postseason. But you always remember how they started and you feel mm-hmm. like they can pick it back up again. And a lot of times it's not the case. You just, you know, they, they other teams just kind of start coming around and figuring them out and just start other like look at the avalanche. They didn't play yep. well in the beginning of the season. And it's true for players, players that don't start the season all that well. People forget about. And because then, you know, as the season goes on, it's a long season. People don't really pay attention like we do like every single day to a team and they kind of forget about the player that maybe just didn't start well. And then they start picking their game up like Darcy Kemper's done. Yep. And they, they feel like, well, you know, I, I, it's, it's just one of those like dynamics where because he didn't start the season so hot, people are always going to question him. I get that. But my God, like this dude, I'm getting to the point where I, 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 I would say in the past, like, yeah, he should be in the Vesna conversation, and I would always follow it up by say probably won't win it. I think that's garbage now. No. I think he has, you know, he's still got another few weeks to play here and a handful of games. I think he absolutely has an opportunity to win the Vesna Trophy because you go look at his stats, and and if you start it at a, at a specific date, usually around the New Year, he is number one in almost everything. He yeah. has been absolutely phenomenal, and that game in particular against that team with we all know who they have there to shut them down even in the the shootout is a minor miracle and he he's got to be in the conversation now for Vesna and I don't want to hear the people that say he's not I mean the Avalanche right now tied for 52 they got 52 wins tied for the most in franchise history got 110 points on the cusp of getting the most points in franchise history 
when you see this historic run the Avalanche are on and you hear Darcy Kemper's back there and he's the reason for it, you're getting to that point of the season where you're kind of forgetting old Darcy Kemper and you're just realizing Darcy Kemper on the Avs. Like me and we were talking the other day, like before we hit record, there's a group of fans out there that don't remember Alex Kerfoot being an Avalanche. They're only going to remember the Leaf version of Kerfoot. And I think Kemper is on that trek right now. You're not going to remember his Coyote days or anything, honestly, before that. Because what he's doing right now in Colorado is not just impressive for the way he's going wire to wire with this. Like, yes, his equipment fall, fell apart and he was, I mean, it was a rough start for him out of the gate. But what he's doing now, if he could keep this going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. this could be a Bennington-esque like, come to superstardom for Darcy Never Kemper. Wrong. Really could be. Because he's never really been on a team like this. Nope. So, and and we we were saying at the beginning of the year, you know, as soon as they got him, you know, put, put, they were always wanted to compare it to Philip Grubauer. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, can you put anybody in goal? It's kind of like the Denver Broncos running backs of the late yeah. 90s and early 2000s. Like, you put anybody in the backfield and that offensive line would turn them into a superstar. Um, and, and it, it's, you know, people were kind of saying the same thing, like with that defense on the avalanche, can you put just a, a serviceable goalie in net and they'll be fine uh, in the, no, I don't think you can. Like the guy's still got to perform and he performed. I mean, 50 shots on goal. He had, or, uh, let me get, yeah. 50 shots on goal. And then obviously the, the three in the shootout, which the shootout's not really been his forte over the years, no. but to shut down, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins, all three of them. I and and to have the game he had in regulation and and overtime where they had a power play, they got eleven shots on on net in overtime. While yeah. the Avalanche had zero, a lot of it was because it was a penalty. You know, when it's four to three, uh, in, in your in your in your power play, you're going to control a lot of that. You know, all two minutes were basically in that zone absolutely mind-blowing saves that he was making and and how do you how do you kind of just and he didn't get the number one star of the game and i know that's you know just you know whatever that's all relative but come on like what the guy can't do anything else to to literally be the sole reason why the avalanche won that game and you mentioned the fact that i mean we've we've said it before you could put anybody in goal with that Avalanche team earlier in the season when we were winning games like seven, eight, six to one. Yeah, you can put anybody back there and we'll win. This Avalanche team now is, we talked about at the beginning, they're finding a way. They're coming back. They're holding on. They're taking it wire to wire, going to overtime, going to a shootout. You can't do that with just any goalie. Right, yeah. And the production that Darcy Kemper, like he is rock solid back there unwavered and what he's doing. It's not just fluky. Like, well, the defense set him up good there. He was robbing dry side on McDavid. He was sweeping. Like he knew where everything was going to be that Connor McDavid to dry side pass that instinctively Kemper knew exactly where it was going to be and flashed that glove, took it away. Mm. He is on another level right now. And it's about time we start recognizing him for what he is. It really should be. Uh, it, it it's insane what he is doing. So, and that just makes them that much more dangerous and that much more scary. 
Everybody knows the offensive power that they have and the superstars that they have. You give them a a top of the line goalie the way that he's playing right now. Uh, being an Avalanche fan, th- you you have not felt this good about an Avalanche team since early two thousands. You haven't. Yep. You haven't. So uh, dare dare I say, Darcy Kemper is locked on. Ooh. Hey. All right. We're gonna give Kyle a honey break. And we are going to hear from Athletic Greens, our newest partner here at Locked On. And Kyle and I, along with uh, wheezing some honey, uh, have been on the Athletic Greens kick for a solid month now. And while mm-hmm. you know it's not helping with our, our head and our throats, that's not what it's designed for. It's designed for gut health. So uh, you're still – I'm almost done with mine. I, I don't know how much have, you have left. I have, I'm almost done with mine. I have the travel packs. You're down to the travel packs. All right. So what is Athletic Greens? It, it, you can take one scoop of it, mix it in with a morning glass of water, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and even your aging. And I mean, you know, Kyle's got a way to go before he gets to me. But for me, like, yeah, I'm at that stage, you young bucks. Uh, but <laughs> Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost them over $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. Athletic Greens will cost you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health. And it's cheaper than your coffee and cold brew habits. It's cheaper than getting all of your different supplements yourself. And you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with confident daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that is it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Once again, it's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so a couple more notes from that game. Avalanche now with 212 points by defensemen, which is a new franchise record, going back to the Quebec days, too. Because I know sometimes when we do records for the Avalanche, it's when they got to Colorado and prior to that, including Quebec. This is including Quebec. So, and they still have, how many more games they got left? Nine games left? I think 10. 10 10, 10 games left. So, I mean, that is going to be a record that stands – for a while, oh, unless yeah. this team beats it like next year, like it, it's it, that is going to be a very, very difficult uh, record to break. You mentioned the 52 wins. They have that, which ties the franchise record in all likelihood will blow past that. So really the only thing left is the the points record. They're at 110. Uh, I mean, the way that they're playing, you'd have to think that that's kind of uh, in, in the back pocket as well. So everything coming up bases for the Avalanche right now. Um, and even the Winnipeg game, that game, uh, Friday night, again, how we're saying how they're, they're winning these games differently. Yeah. Like earlier when they started getting hot, they're blowing teams away. 
Mm-hmm. And now it's it's you know you're gonna get good games. That's hockey. That's the NHL. That's why this yep. is the best league because you know it, it it's tough to win games. And the clip at which the Avalanche are doing it is super impressive. And you don't like seeing them blow a third period lead, but they did to Winnipeg. And what did we say about Winnipeg? You're gonna get your absolute best because that is a team on the outside looking in who needs every single point that they can get. So not only is it just because, you know, they need the points, it's because it's against the Avalanche and they want to test them against, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Avalanche blew a third period lead of four to two. You felt, again, you felt great. But even when they blew the th- the, the third period lead, going in overtime, it's just where we're at right now. I'm feeling so confident that this team can win no matter what they're up against. And blowing a third period lead, okay, not ideal. But you take it into overtime, and Nathan McKinnon, or excuse me, uh, Cal McCarr, finishes the job in overtime. It's one of those that you almost wonder if the Avalanche are just toying with teams at this point. <laughs> like you, you, I, I, you've yeah. heard the you've heard the narrative since we've clinched that we're not resting, we're not letting up because we're still figuring out and playing with like it's everything is playoff practice to Bednar. Mm. And blowing a third period lead, if you can figure out how to overcome that. That is crucial when it comes to the playoffs. Especially on the road. Especially on the road. And the Avalanche have such a big heart that they gave – they know the Jets needed a point. (laughs) So they took it to overtime just to give their old buddy Stasny one point. But we're not going to give you two. Yeah. And they go to overtime and Kale does what Kale does. And you can see the Edmonton game, Nathan McKinnon was your scoring. But you see scoring from – different facets in the Winnipeg game. And that's also what you want to see. Uh, the, you know, the, it's weird because you looked at the metrics of that game through the first couple periods. It was all Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like the, the abs, you know, that that's where the kind of the skill kind of like comes out and it's like, all right, you know, we, we, we can control games when we want to control games and they go up four to two. But Winnipeg was winning a lot of the battles, especially, you know, they, they had a lot more shots on net. Well, I shouldn't say shots on net. Their their Corsi's four score was a lot higher than the Avalanche. Like they were, I don't want to say the Avalanche were getting outplayed, but Winnipeg was maybe playing a little bit step above them. Um, and and this is just the Avalanche just saying, all right, let me see. What's the, let me get to the Winnipeg one. Um, ended up with 37 shots on goal for the Avalanche to 43 for Winnipeg. Um, 50 in Edmonton. In Edmonton, that's, it was 50. Yeah, yeah. that's but, that's a high shot total, so, and you still come out with a win in both of those games. I mean, you're, you're giving up 93 shots on net in two games. Yeah. You don't want that, man. Like that. So, again, this is not like we're – I mean, we're happy because the Avalanche got four points out of the road trip. But I mean, you you want to be forty to fifty for two games, and to give up basically double that with that defense that you should have like that's that's elite. It's not good. And you're giving up ninety three shots, and you haven't figured out the faceoffs yet, and the power play is starting to look a little sus. Um, it's not like the power plays. N- it, like you're not getting the end results. The power play that they had at the end of the game against Edmonton was a thing of beauty. And True. the only thing that they didn't get was a goal. Like yeah. that, that was incredible. That power play. 
Um, what did you have? Let me see. But um, in this stage of the game, when it comes to the power play, it's not a dog and pony show. You want, like, I don't care if it's the most beautiful thing in the world. You want to convert on those, results. especially going into the playoffs, because that could be your only shot for yeah. a goal. You're going to get more one nothing games than you'll get 7-2. to two. Yeah, you need the results for sure. Uh, they were 1-3 for three against Winnipeg. They were 0-2 for two against the Oilers. And it was night and day, those two power plays against Edmonton. The first one looked horrific. Yeah. The second one looked incredible, but they had nothing to show for it. Um, Edmonton game, too, we have to, to, to make note that with uh, Bowen Byram coming back and then with um, Sam Girard coming back, Eric Johnson was the healthy scratch. I saw something, I think Dater put up saying that he's heard that he's dealing with, you know, a couple aches and pains here. So they just gave him some time off because uh, I can't imagine he would be the healthy scratch if everybody's healthy. We talked about that last week saying probably Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I'm not reading too much into that. I do think, you know, Eric Johnson's an old dude when it comes to I was to about to say, stuff. it's Eric Johnson. I, he walks around with, like, dings in his knees. Yeah. So yeah. It, when you read that, you're like, sure, it's EJ. Yeah, give him some time off. That's fine. But you look at, let's see, uh, the, the time on ice, and this is something that we, we touch on all the time. Both of these games, because you had Byron back, for the first one, and then obviously he played in the second one, but you also that's when you got Sam Girard back. Look at mm-hmm. the time on ice, man. It's so much more like I am that just makes me so calm in seeing the time on ice between both of those games. The only guy who didn't get 10 minutes of ice time against Winnipeg was Albe Kubel by 15 seconds, and the only one who didn't get it against Edmonton was Logan O'Connor by 31 seconds. Everybody is out there. Yeah. Everybody is producing. This is what they wanted after the trade deadline. You have a full unit, four lines of of teams that can soak up time, soak up energy, give the top line a little bit of a breathing breather every once in a while. You don't have to rely on and, and you're still out Nazem Kadri and Gabe Landeskog. And yep. you're doing that. <laughs> Come on, and- man. Like this is like this is just too good right now for the apps. It's a good feeling when you see the minutes kind of being evened out amongst everybody. And when you're watching the game, you have that feeling of, boy, it's been a while since I've seen Nate and Miko. That's such yes. a good feeling. That's yes. such a good feeling. Especially like especially Nathan McKinnon in, in the uh, Edmonton game. Like He was getting a little bit frustrated, and he had that penalty in overtime. I think that was a frustration penalty because he wanted to call against uh, McKinnon – or excuse me, McDavid – and it didn't happen, so he kind of like whacked at a stick. And I even said on on Twitter when that happened, like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were out there for the entirety of that overtime period. So when McKinnon took a whack at his stick, he's out there for three minutes. Yep. Nobody does three minute shifts intentionally. Yeah. Nobody does, especially in overtime. You can get off the ice relatively quickly in overtime. Uh, but I, I think you know when you're out there for that long, you're not you're you're dog tired and you're not gripping the stick as as tight as you should and you know it's a penalty whatever it is what it is but um i don't know where i'm going with that but it's just it's just, no and it's honestly it's something you want to see because that's similar to how the abs were run maybe three or four years ago hmm. run that top line into the ground and 
hope like squeeze blood out of a rock with that top line. But that's where teams run out of gas in the playoffs when you run yeah. your team like that. Right. All right. Let's uh, hear from we got Bet Online and Built Bar, and then we have uh, we got a couple sound checks to get to. Which obviously, because these games are on the weekend, we they, I posted them. So if you follow on Twitter, you know what they are. But we're still going to talk about them. Uh, but first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. And you can find the latest sports developments for league news, reviews, and including this year's basketball playoffs, which they start. I didn't know the basketball season is coming to an end. I don't really follow the NBA all that much, but it's coming to an it end, is. right? It's almost, it is. Uh, we are at the play-in games in game 82. Oh, I forgot about those playing games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All I know is all I see is like, you know, everybody's happy the Lakers aren't in it. So, which is kind of funny. Uh, but it continues to be your source. That's betonline.net for all of your sporting wagering, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and all the action. That's betonline.net where the game starts. Also, Built Bar, you know it and you love it. The best tasting protein bar on the market. And of course, they also have the Built Bar Puffs. And if you're a fan of marshmallow, these are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow protein bars. They're fluffy fluffy, and marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are more like a treat and covered in 100% chocolate. And you can get them in different flavors such as cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. And like I said, they are all covered, including the puffs, in 100% Real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with a built bar. Most have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, which most candy bars have about 240 calories on up, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Let's go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so we'll uh, go through our sound check. The the one from the Winnipeg game was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> you you what'd you go with for that one? That would be uh, Roger Allen Wade. If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. And, and explain that song is why for you, you Miko Rantanen. Yes, we didn't talk about that. Miko had a boneheaded penalty that he he committed. Uh, right towards the end of that game, and it turned out to be a, a tying goal, which you know sent the game into overtime. So you can't do that stuff. You can't do it. So again, now we're saying like this is not not all. You know, we're gloating over the ads. We're gloating because you know they they got four points in dramatic fashion, but it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. And that was maybe the low point for the ads. Could have been the same way for that Nathan McKinnon penalty against Edmonton. That one that McDavid baited and. Nate bit yeah. could have been the same instance, especially been, with how that game was called. That could have been another I mean, stupid usually, penalty. Usually four on three overtime penalties end. That that ends the yep. game. And when you have that team with with those two guys out there as as two of the four, um, I was thinking, all right, well, we we we'll get one point out of this at yep. least. But again, yeah. they proved me wrong. Uh Going back to the Winnipeg game, for me, I totally went just because they're win- the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the Top Gun theme song. Can't go wrong with that. It's fantastic. Uh, feel the need for speed. All right. For the <laughs> Oilers game, 
Uh, you went with Foo Fighters Monkey Wrench because we and got 110 points. I love One it. in 10. Uh, yeah, I love it. So, uh, I mean, this is the second Foo Fighters song we've had on. We did the one when right. Taylor Hawkins passed away. It's kind of like a homage to him. But this one, it makes sense. I love when you first sent that to me. I'm like, what's that mean? And then you were like, one in one 10. Insane. One in 10. 110 points. Love it. For me, I had to go giving Darcy Kemper his shine. And I went another brick in the wall from Pink Floyd because that's exactly what he was. He, he was he was a literal wall. I mean, and the one that even got in was like he's not going to stop that one as a fluke kind of goal. It's a goal nonetheless. But other than that, he was a a solid brick wall. You can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. Yes, and Darcy is uh, loading up with pudding right now. It's well deserved treat for Darcy Kemper. So, um, other than that, the Abs have nothing going on until Wednesday. So that's one thing that we didn't really talk about for when we were doing the the April schedule was they have more days off in April what, ever since like December. Like if you remember, like November was a light month for them. December, January, February, March were just go, go, go. And, and that's, you know, February, you thought you were going to have a month break because of the Olympics. So you had four months in a row where it was just. Game after game day off, game day off, back, you know, uh, back to back one day. So very seldom did you have like multiple days off, but in April they do. And this is one where you have three days off. That's what you want at this time of the season. Everybody can rest up, heal up as best you can. And, and you know, that's what the Avs are doing right now. They don't play till Wednesday. Especially when we're getting close to single digits until the playoffs. You need all the rest you can get, especially when we're trying to get Nas back, trying to get Gabe back. Yeah, all the rest you need to figure out what you need to figure out and then hit the playoffs at 100 miles an hour. And the next game, like I said, Wednesday is against the Kings. We'll talk about that, um, you know, the day before. But another game where the team that you are going up against has a lot to play for. And this is, you know, the Avs are they got the West locked up. You know, the President's Trophy is, you know, you got six. You got you've won six games in a row. Florida's won seven. Florida's on your heels because they want that too. So sure, the Kings have something to play for, just like Edmonton has something to play for, just like Winnipeg has something to play for. But the Avs do too. So it's not like they're just head and shoulders above everybody and they can kind of you know go through the motions, have short shifts throughout an entire game and be boring hockey. That's not the way this team is built. That's not what they want to do at this point in the season. And you have a President's Trophy on the line, which they want. They want that thing. It doesn't matter. They're, they're not saying, well, we got it last year and didn't do anything uh, for us. No, you don't want it because it's it, it because you're you have the most points in the league. You want it for the home ice advantage. That's mm-hmm. why they're going after it. So, yeah, the Avs still have something to play for, which I am grateful for. I don't want them to just go through the motions for the next three weeks and then head into the playoffs potentially kind of cold. Yeah. And the Avs have won six games in a row figuring stuff out when it comes to playoff rosters. So it must, it's, yeah. it's good to win when you're putting stuff together for the playoff preseason. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I love it. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Anything that's going on with the ads, we'll be talking about it. Who knows what that's going to be, but I think they're kind of like, kind of just staying rested and, and just kind of taking some time off right now to uh, prepare for Wednesday which we will get to then. So if anything happens, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about it. And if nothing happens, we'll come up with some stuff to discuss. Maybe throw up another Instagram thing because uh, 
get some questions from that. So, all right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciate it. Go check out Locked On NHL. Let's make that your second listen of the day. And for now, he is Mr. Kyle Sullivan, Shaggy Von Doom. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.